Welcome to the FinOps Fridays podcast, where we discuss all things FinOps. It's an educational resource to help you learn and build your capability in all things FinOps. We're also here to have fun, so we'll make it entertaining, have a few laughs, and share a few stories. Alrighty, and welcome to the next episode of FinOps Fridays. We're back after a quick winter slash summer break. And today we're here with Bindu Sharma to talk about sustainability. Uh, when we think about FinOps, we typically think we're pretty much the new kid on the block, uh, especially when comparing ourselves to disciplines such as security and operations. But sustainability is probably even a little bit younger than us. So we want to talk about that a little bit with Bindu. Um, Bindu, we want to introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for having me and giving me this platform to talk about this uh, newbie that in the blog that you uh, introduced. Uh, I'm Bindu Sharma and um, just a brief um, uh, note on my background. I started off my journey as a software engineer testing the um, software and involved in the software design phases and such. And then I moved on to program management. Uh, did that for many projects, uh, software projects, and uh, understood the whole uh, scheduling, the uh, requirements, working with the engineers, and the life cycle of a product. Yep. And then uh, luck so happens that I got into the hardware side of the business. And there I learned a lot of uh, compliance and regulations and such, which uh, to be honest, I had no idea that, oh my God, that's a complete world out there for those uh, um, you know, regulations and such. So why I'm saying all that, because that actually build up the whole, um, my, um, uh, you know, knowledge or understanding of requirement gathering, understanding the life cycle of a product, understanding the regulations. And then like other things, as I mentioned, the you know, program management or hardware, which was thrown into my lap. Similarly, the cloud, was thrown into my lap and the part of it is to understand what is the cloud is about how what are we paying and where is all these uh, you know POs coming in this very standard uh, problem of the cloud when you start into that business so that's how my finops journey started and then fast forward uh, at least uh, four years or so in that journey. In that time, I also acquired the FinOps practitioner certification. So getting uh, used to setting up those processes. And then as part of the FinOps Foundation, uh, I joined the FinOps um, sustainability working group, which was just starting up. And then I, uh, with my uh, knowledge of or the experience of program management, I was able to lead that working group. And that's how I came into the sustainability uh, and uh, uh, that, you know, the that part of the FinOps now we are talking about and we will talk more in this uh, discussion that how they relate, how they intersect, how they do not. But uh, that's how my journey came into uh, cloud and into FinOps and then into sustainability. 
Awesome, awesome. Interesting journey, like a good wide breadth of, of roles and experience as well, which is always interesting. Uh, that's one thing we find, like how do people get into FinOps? Um, there's no definitive career path or there's no, you know, you need to XYZ starters, you know, this sort of role and progress through. Um, all right, well, get into it. Um, so probably the biggest question I really want to ask and help the audience understand when we talk about, you know, what exactly is sustainability? When I hear that word um, at, at home, I'm a solar power, nut battery, all that sort of stuff. When somebody mentions sustainability to me, I typically think renewable energy, green power, recycling. Is that sort of correct when we talk about sustainability in the cloud, FinOps, EIT space? What exactly are we talking about sustainability? Is that part of it or that sort of like the more home version of it? Um, what do we mean by sustainability? Uh, so I think in your question, you have answered most of the answers to your question itself. Yes, renewable energy, yes. Recycling, yes. And the cloud sustainability is part of it. Renewable energy, you need to, you want to, you should be using renewable energy to stay sustainable in the cloud. Uh, the recycling, it pertains to in terms of IT, how do we get rid of our uh, end of life uh, hardware components, how sustainable, it, how sustainable we are in terms of when we get, you know, dispose them. And for cloud sustainability, it's more of, um, let's think of it as an application. Any application that you're using, when you're developing, what design principles are you keeping in mind to make sure that it is using as much as less carbon it can, right? The carbon emission is the main goal there. And similarly, down the stream, whom you're selling your software to be, then how are they using your software? So our job or our responsibility does not stop at that, that, oh, when we developed, we were very mindful of carbon emissions, how much how much of our application uh, is uh, is uh, utilizing carbon or emitting carbon, and how controlled it was. But at the same time, when it goes into the user's hands, does it stay that way? Does it is it following the principle of sustainability? And that's where that's just again one part of IT or cloud sustainability. But in all in all, cloud sustainability, IT sustainability is the part of whole sustainable climate that we want to establish for generations coming ahead. Excellent. So it is taking those generic sustainability and applying them throughout the IT. The software, the hardware, the data centers, the every everything, and just applying that. Like, awesome, awesome. Like when we talk about data centers, we talk, we focus towards more on uh, renewable energy, how uh, the power that is coming in, uh, the heating, the cooling, right? Just how are how much renewable energy are we using in in data centers and such? Then the servers are fully loaded, right? So those kind of thing. And when we go towards the front end, which is the application developer, we think, think about how, uh, how the application, um, is it, uh, is it uh, are any of the resources that we are using are idle, underutilized? So being mindful of that. And is there any part, you know, you mentioned things like energy, carbon, which is obviously data centers power. Um, 
Is there any part of sustainability that we don't really need to worry about as part of the cloud IT, or is it really everything in terms of sustainability? There's all there's parts of that in IT, or there is some parts of sustainability that we don't really need to to worry about so much. Uh, you know, you did in your introduction. You mentioned. Uh, security and anyone who is coming into cloud and uh, they are taking any of the cloud courses or uh, cloud computing courses and such we always say oh security of the cloud uh, is is uh, uh, CSP's responsibility but security in the cloud is the user or the you know uh, our responsibility as a customer Right, we know that distinction. Now, similarly, uh, sustainability. Sustainability of the cloud, sustainability in the cloud. So that is one distinction which which is, you know, goes hand in hand. But to be a good citizen, you know, we need to understand that uh, uh, although as an application developer or as in an IT of any organization, we think that, oh, it, we'll make sure our, uh, resources are fully utilized uh, we are the our carbon emission to are to the lowest and that's how we are taking care of or that's how we are acknowledging the sustainability in the cloud our cloud and we are very efficient but as a good citizen we need to make sure that the energy that is coming in the hardware from the cloud service provider that we are using we need to also be uh, mindful or at least be able to see their the numbers of sustainability that are they being mindful right are they yeah, reporting yeah, yeah. their their uh, carbon emission data and are it is the data correct is the and then they also go down the supply chain to the chip developer to the uh, again the power that they use uh, is it coming from the renewable resources so uh, we just cannot uh, stop in in our environment or what we are doing but just being a good responsible citizen at least ask the right questions your procurement team is if they ask the right question to their vendors to our vendors right yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we become a good citizen and that's how we should tackle the problem in security it the the problem stops there if in the cloud uh, off the cloud and we address and it start and and it can be tackled but in sustainability we have to go one step forward be ethical and be uh, do our part as a good citizen yeah excellent excellent um and the, the interesting thing is is that sustainability and finops seem to be very very close um that almost they're working very together you have sustainability isn't necessarily on its own or separate or, or paired with another framework. Um, and that was one thing uh, previously when we we're doing the well-architected framework at AWS, that there was a lot of closeness between uh, cost optimization, FinOps and sustainability. Um, part of FinOps, it's that small part that everyone focuses on too much. It is, you know, waste reduction. So I, there's gonna be some natural alignment with sustainability because we're both trying to reduce waste. Um, is there more to the relationship between FinOps and sustainability, or is it because of that sort of waste reduction efficiency, things like telemetry and insights? Is it more around that as well? How close and why do they work so well to, together? Uh, there is definitely 100% an intersection. If you are doing FinOps, 
you're already addressing cloud sustainability. You are being mindful that there are no idle resources. You have schedulers set up not to run the, uh, the um, your application or your servers uh, during off office hours or over the weekend. You have established uh, your uh, your uh, um, workloads in a you know carbon friendly region uh, and such. You're being mindful, but so that is all intersection where you're doing these kind of uh, cost optimization activities you are addressing sustainability but there is uh, one caveat to it is um, is when we go into the um, the rate uh, optimization is when we have the reservations or savings plan right so uh, we now this is not a general statement for all organizations but uh, i'm giving you the uh, example for the organization where they have the allocated budgets for buying the reservations and buying savings plan and they're exhausting their budget to use right the budget to be used for buying the reservation and buying the savings plan but they are not utilizing it so that that's where we have um, it doesn't align where you know you're losing uh, you have bought these reservation the servers from the cloud service provider are running because you have bought the reservation you are paying for it and you're not utilizing them so that's there are there is an intersection but there are some area where we need to sometimes balance uh, for either for cost or for carbon but most of it is like when you save cost they go hand in hand you save in carbon yeah, interesting. So there is actually some some financial instruments that potentially work against. I think going back uh, early tens, I think there used to be an old commitment discount that you could turn off and still get a discount. Um, hopefully, we won't go back and make it even more complex. Um, is there is sustainable? Like one part of FinOps is tooling because you know you need to have the visibility at scale. You need to be analyzing immense amounts of data very timely um, is sustainability using the tooling that FinOps has created and built to get that insight at scale to understand. Um, we are not there yet, but uh, you, you said it right. Uh, data is the king. Uh, you know, you, you cannot, if you cannot measure, you cannot fix it and you cannot measure because data is not there. Now that is not a, uh, uh, FinOps practitioner issue or even an organization issue. It is more often, you know, having uh, working in collaboration because a cloud service provider have to provide the data. It has to be the uh, latest and greatest and correct, uh, latest and accurate data in time, right? What we are seeing is uh, we are not there yet. The, the, the data coming in uh, is not the latest. So that what happens is if you do not have the latest uh, data, then uh, whatever, let's say reporting you're doing or dashboard for your, uh, for your uh, stakeholders, it is not up to date. So that is still a problem. But yeah, having yeah. said that, having said that, this is the data problem. The other part is the tooling. Um, so some, the tooling is, uh, there, there are tools available like um, open source tools 
that, that are available that you can use. They are cloud agnostic and uh, you can um, measure, uh, you can deploy them and then measure your cloud footprints. Uh, and they're from the cloud service providers also, there are, uh, they are reporting on the carbon uh, data from, uh, you know, from, from their workloads. But, uh, and I, I should say there, there could be some in-house tools that organizations are developing. Uh, but uh, we, we need to, there is some work pending in developing some standardized tools that can, FinOps practitioners can leverage and uh, connect with their FinOps data so that they can show the savings and the carbon savings on the same um, dashboard. Yeah, gotcha. And also in terms of one of the big aspects of FinOps is that cultural change, making people care and how do you have change within a large organization, change, you know, the, the default sort of outcomes there. Is that something you've seen at all that you sort of FinOps is using sustainability to get a bit more visibility in the organization? Hey, if you want to be more sustainable, you, you need to FinOps because FinOps is going to get you there. And if you want to be more FinOpsy, hey, sustainability is an offshoot to sort of broaden and make that message more powerful and get them working together. Is that something people have been leveraging? Uh, I would say both ways. Uh, and I'll give you example of both both sides of it. So let's talk about when you have an established FinOps practice and then it, it, it happens that you also have the ESG um, practice in that organization. So that's where they go hand in hand. The ESG team is uh, uh, liaising, uh, you know, they have a liaison of this, the FinOps practitioner with the engineering to get the carbon data because as part of E, they want to report the carbon data because customers are asking. So that becomes yeah. when, when it goes, uh, you know, when you have established FinOps practice. But we have also seen the other flip side of it, let's say for startups, right? The investors are asking uh, to, the, to the startups that show me a roadmap for, uh, for sustainability, right? So when it's a startup, uh, at least in my experience is what I've seen, uh, they don't pay attention to the carbon emission. They want to get the product out. They want the release out and they want to hit the you know, revenue as soon as uh, they can. But the investors are asking that uh, show me your roadmap of sustainability before you know, I can give you the next series of funding or I can even, you know, if before you go to the next step. So that is the, when sustainability, sustainability becomes the driver so we have seen both both sides of the coin if you may that uh, and that's why i'm saying they go hand in hand and they work very well together <laughs> in that yeah. term yeah excellent and it's always good you know we started to see that as well with finops investors saying you know are you being careful with my money the sooner we can do these things in an organization's lifetime the better it's great to hear all right, so we're gonna take a quick little break now. It is time for the speed round questions. This is where we ask our guest a series of interesting little questions to get to know them a little bit better. Um, Bindu, are you ready for the short, sharp, quick questions? Okay, I better be. <laughs> All righty. <clears throat> so firstly, uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No. Uh, beetroot. <laughs> beetroot on burgers 
Oh, yes. Especially grilled. <laughs> Excellent. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Oh, oh please don't put me on this part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can I just take a <laughs> pass on this one? Take a pass. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, red or white wine? Oh, red. Any day. I'm Excellent. not a white wine person. Um, beer or spirits? Uh, spirits. Uh, do you ask for permission or beg for forgiveness? It uh, depends on the situation, but I definitely go for permission first. Um, your favorite movie, director, producer, genre? Uh, favorite movie, I would say Titanic. No, but do not combine those with my the favorite director and producer <laughs> genre. But I love Titanic. I can you know see it many times. Um, then uh, favorite director, you know, I think uh, I like whatever Steven Spielberg uh, produce. Uh, I mean, directs uh, producers many, and uh, genre is also. I think genre is mood based. It depends uh, the time of the day, uh, how my uh, work day went or the work week went that I want to, you know, decompose myself accordingly. Yep. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee and black. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, your favorite TV series? Um, okay. Uh, Game of Thrones. And uh, there was one more. Uh, the... Uh, uh, Yellowstone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, your favorite song, um, or if you don't have a favorite song, favorite musician? Mm, favorite musician. I think I like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> uh, your favorite food? Mm, favorite food? Uh, I would say Italian. Uh, on a holiday, do you prefer to do activities and be active or relax and do nothing? Relax and do nothing. Uh, do you prefer buildings and architecture or nature? Nature. Uh, what is your preferred superpower or supernatural ability? Mm. <laughs> uh, I would say superpower. I think I'm a very good host. That's uh, my superpower. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. the way I, I set up the table, the way I uh, set up the menu, and we, uh, and then the, the how the entertainment is set up, and so. Uh, your favorite vacation location? I, I still have to visit certain places before I, uh, you know, compare, uh, but I would say uh, Norway. Do you prefer to text or talk? Talk. Uh, do you have a childhood nickname that's appropriate for the show? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's not inappropriate, but I would not like to share because then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always an interesting one. Um, and your, your proudest moment? My proudest moment. I think that that moment made my dad very happy, and um, 
again, I don't want to share it, but uh, it was academics and uh, it made yep. him very happy and proud. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. So we have a score of 96, which is quite strong indeed. Yeah, nice work. Thank you. All righty. So that was a quick break. We'll be back into sustainability. Uh, on to the next question. Um, what does good look like? You know, FinOps, I think, well, we're a FinOps podcast, so I'm assuming people would have a good understanding what, what good in FinOps looks like. But in terms of sustainability, what's the vision? What are organizations and also people aiming for um, when we combine FinOps sustainability effectively, what do you start to see? What are those really big wins when you start to do FinOps and sustainability well? Uh, I think what good looks like is um, uh, one thing is definitely you're doing the FinOps uh, for cost optimization, cost control. If you can somehow uh, bind it with the carbon emission data, that okay, this is how much we are saving the carbon with those. Um, so that would be fantastic. Uh, then setting up some good, uh, the what do you the um, uh, processes in terms of uh, educating the pro procurement team and making sure they are asking the right questions to the vendors and they are they are uh, well versed on that. So as a FinOps practitioner, as a sustainability um, architect or uh, as a sustainability practitioner, if you are able to tell them what questions to ask and make them independent going forward with the other vendors, and so that, that is the second one. Uh, and then collaborating with your ESG team in if you have one in your organization and if not then working with your c-level executives and establishing one to be able to report uh, you know instead of customer coming back let's say doesn't matter how many customers you have but if one customer comes back and asks for it instead of that you be prepared and start publishing your carbon numbers your energy numbers and the other thing I would, the last thing then I would get to is uh, be able to then report it like some kind of dashboard. So for that, you need to be working with your cloud service provider to get the, again, to get the uh, latest and accurate data from them and should be able to ask the questions uh, to them that uh, uh, show me your scope one, two, three, right? All those, um, uh, the, uh, numbers for different uh, carbon emission. So, but uh, in the end, uh, if you can do these things in parallel and get there somehow, uh, I think you're already a winner. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Alrighty, so that is it for part one of sustainability. So we're gonna take a quick break here. If you've got any questions, you've got any feedback, always reach out to us, finopsfridays at aptio.com and stay tuned for the next episode. So that is it for another episode of FinOps Fridays. If you have any questions or feedback on this episode or would like to learn more, please feel free to reach out to us at finopsfridays at aptio.com. Also like and subscribe to get updates for future episodes. 